Hello, and welcome to the Press Gallery, the Edmonton Journal's Alberta politics podcast. It's Friday, December 13th. Dun, dun, dun. 2019. (laughs) And this is episode number 302, the 2009 year-end quiz show edition. Yay. Somebody, like, (laughs) editor, please insert, like, like, crowd cheers. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're just a bundle of energy in here this morning. You guys. Kill me. I'm your host, Janet French. With me in studio today, we have the delightful legislature columnist Keith Gerine. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's Christmas with, time. With bells on, it's got a big red bow on it. It does. Very it fetching. Does. Super festive. Yes, yes, it is. I, I that's how I come. Is festive. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've always said that about you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keith. Festive Gerine. That's what we call him. Yeah. hmm Next to him, our managing editor. Dave Breckenridge, how are you? That's my bike horn, you guys. <laughs> it's super loud. I, I, I figured I'd just communicate by way of horn today, yes, like a like a clown or something. Uh, yeah, or like a Muppet. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and finally, next to him, we have National Post Alberta correspondent and press gallery treasurer, Ooh. Tyler Dawson. That's my great? dog training clicker. Is it for dogs? It is. Oh, yeah, what do yeah. you like? How does that work? You uh, It's to mark good behavior and then you give them a treat instead of saying like, yes, or good. You... So when you click, I have to drop a treat in front of you? Yeah, that would be ideal. No, when when <laughs> he clicks, it means we've done something good and he owes us a treat. Yeah. Or or that. Yeah. Did anyone yeah. bring treats? It is Friday. There, It is treat the 13th. day. It is it's candy oh. Friday. Candy Friday. Okay, so three o'clock. We have a newsroom tradition at three o'clock. Uh, the uh, admin assistant hauls out the candy and we eat it. It's a good tradition. Anyway, diving right into this year's terrifying quiz questions. I have 20 questions. They are all from coverage in our newspaper. Um, I reserve the right to award bonus points. So this is my first quiz show, and I had lots of fun preparing for it and revisiting all of some of our most interesting stories and memorable stories of 2019. There's going to be 20 questions. I reserve the right to award bonus points. If necessary, we will do a tiebreaker question at the end. So let's test your noisemakers. Yeah. Okay, thank you for bringing distinct ones. Okay, question one. No peeking, Tyler. I can see you looking oh, yeah. up. Sorry. No peeking my laptop. I need all the help I can get. Oh, do you? Mm. Yeah, because you're like thinking about, I don't know, Trudeau or something. <laughs> I'm always thinking about Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> like, Who really, isn't? Who is not? Yeah, totally. Uh, although I'm thinking about Sophie. Um, on January 6, 2019, a longtime fixture of provincial politics died. A co- oh, hey, 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 whoa, dudes. Do we have to wait for you to finish the question? <laughs> Maybe I should lay some ground rules for you. <laughs> like but I know the answer already. I know, but I, should, I spent hours crafting these questions into beautifully phrased whatever. Uh, finish the question. And some of them are multiple choice, but I will tell you when it's multiple choice. And just for that, I'm going to make you listen to the whole question again. On January 6, 2019, a longtime fixture of provincial politics died. A colleague said this politician taught her three things, to be kind, to be kind, and to be kind. Who was it? Okay. I think Keith won that one. Yeah, go ahead. It was Jean Jean Zwazdeski. (laughs) Wow. Almost messed that up. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Poor Jean. Sorry, Jean. Sorry, Jean. Jean Zwazdeski. He was 70 years old when he died. He served from 1993 to 2015, and he was speaker from 2012 to 2015. He's the fellow that used to come in on Christmas Day to take phone calls, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He gave out his cell phone to reporters, yeah. which you never hear about anymore. Um, Unless you're I, Doug Ford. Well, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Number two, in March, the conservative, the United Conservative Party announced that it would parachute a star candidate into the riding of Edmonton Meadows, circumventing the nomination process. And ang- <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> I think I've gone deaf in my left ear. <laughs> and angering some potential local candidates. Who was it? Dave. Len Rhodes. Len Rhodes. And for a bonus point, the UCP government later appointed him to a plum post. What was it? Oh, I think Dave won Dave that one. Dave was there. That was chair of uh, the Alberta Gaming, Liquor, and Cannabis Commission. Bonus points for getting AGLC's name I was, correct. I was since, the, say. since the name changed there. Yeah, good job. Okay. Number three, with an oil glut building up in Alberta and pipeline approval stalled, what controversial step did NDP Premier Rachel Notley take in February? Oh, Tyler. Uh, let's say curtailment. It is wrong. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> so sorry. I feel so terrible. God, no. I, I would be an awful Alex Trebek. Uh, Keith. It was the oil by rail deal. Yes, you are correct. Oh, crap. <laughs> that was, in fairness, my second guess. <laughs> well, and you know what? It's a, it's a, it was actually, I think it was December or uh, November. Yeah, it was actually yeah, 2018 yeah, right. that right. the curtailment happened. Yeah. Uh, Notley signed a $3.7 billion deal with CN and CP Rail to dedicate 4,400 rail cars to move up to 120,000 barrels of oil per day out of the province by mid-2020. Not happening now. Did I just give away an answer to another question? I don't think so. We'll you all do out. that anyway. Anyway, uh, sorry, that was Keith, right? Festive Keith. Number four, in March, former NDP Education Minister David Egan, you knew there were going to be education questions in here, right? Because yes. it's me. Yeah. Uh, David Egan banned what in schools for the coming year? Tyler. Uh, those confinement rooms? That's right. Yes. Yeah, you got a Ooh. point. Seclusion. <laughs> had, to, had to have one right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Seclusion rooms or isolation rooms is what they're called, and particularly after hearing from parents who were alleging that those rooms were being misused. Of course, as we all know, current UCP Education Minister Adriana LaGrange reversed that ban just days before it was to take effect and brought in new mandatory standards and recording requirements. I know you're all anxious to like press your clickers and buzzers, but we actually have to educate the masses while we're doing this. All right. I felt like a teacher last night, honestly. <laughs> I was like, texting Keith at midnight. I'm still ready the questions. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah, maybe you need a seclusion room. Ah, see what I did there? Can I have a nap in it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, question five. Before NDP Premier Rachel Notley called the spring election, her government tabled their own bill one, which never saw the light of day. What was it? Keith? It's the Public Health Guarantee Act, something like that. Yeah, I'm going mm-hmm. to allow that. That was close yeah. enough. It was the, an act to protect public health care, which would restrict extra billing or queue jumping for things like diagnostic imaging and prevent membership fees to health clinics. Okay, this one's multiple choice. Okay. <clears throat> On March 19th, the writ was dropped for the April 16th election, Alberta's 30th general election. At dissolution... You might have to do some math here. How many seats were not held in the legislature by a member of the UCP or the NDP? And just a reminder, there are 87 seats in total. So your multiple choice possibilities are A, 7, B, 10, or C, 12. Tyler? 7. Oh, I should have brought my buzzer. Dave? 10. Yes, good job. (laughs) 
one of us had to get that one. There are only three options. I know. Well, that's why I wasn't that mean. Otherwise, you guys would be like, nine, no, six, no. I actually, five, I no. thought it was actually four. Did so, you? Yeah. I will run I through. This is uh, this is fascinating. Claire Clancy, our uh, dearly departed colleague, wrote a great story about this. Still alive. For the yeah, she's alive. She's just like dead to us because <laughs> <laughs> she's not here. She's in Indonesia. Traveling the world and having a life. Uh, there were three seats held by the Alberta party, one by a progressive conservative, Richard Starkey, who refused oh, yeah. to sit as United Conservative Party MLA. There was one by the Freedom Conservative Party, our friend Derek Fildebrandt. Uh, there was one liberal. There was one vacant, uh, vacated by Stephanie McLean in Calgary. And there were three independents, which adds up to 10. I checked three times. Number seven, Alberta <laughs> politicians on both sides of the aisle have pushed for amendments to the federal government's Impact Assessment Act, it used to be called Bill C-69, which changes the process for major infrastructure projects like oil pipelines. They are also unified in their opposition to C-48, which is the oil tanker ban off the north coast of BC. Who said of Bill C-48, quote, I got to tell you, this is kind of, kind of an unprecedented stampede of stupid. Ooh, Dave. Rachel Notley. Yes. <laughs> I just thought that that was not a Rachel Notley sounding quote, right? Maybe? Uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely doesn't sound like her. She also said, told them just to throw it in the garbage at yep, one point, yep. too. I remember that as well. Uh, yeah. I just like the stampede of stupid. It, had good, <laughs> it, was, like, a, it was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Number eight, during the provincial election. Oh, there's no Googling. Put your phones down. <laughs> Holy crapola. I would like, I would like my it. email. I'm I telling would... my boss how to email an MP. <laughs> Seriously? Sure you are. Sure. Yes. No Googling. <laughs> do, do I have to confiscate their phones, you guys? No, it's, my life is on there. You can't take it. Just for this, just for the duration <laughs> of this extremely important contest. Ahem. During the provincial election, which party promised to seek more independence for Alberta from the federal government? Dave knows this already. Including lobbying Ottawa to end equalization and grant the province independent rights over immigration, tax collection, employment insurance, pensions, and policing. Dave. The Freedom Conservative Party. Nice job. Oh, Dave, starting to kick your butts, you guys. Better get it in gear. Number nine. Which party leader inadvertently made an innuendo during the... <laughs> sorry, sorry, finish, finish the question. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know innuendo was a noun. During the televised leaders debate when they said they were the only one who had laid pipe. Tyler. That's David Kahn. That's the Liberal right. Party leader. <laughs> yes, and the party then capitalized on that by selling merchandise with the hashtag laying pipe. It was the highlight of my election. <laughs> was it? Oh, it was good. Yeah. It was gooder. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a, a was it even joke. a misstep if you're going to accidentally make a dirty joke like that? Why not use it to your advantage? Number 10. A few weeks after the UCP was elected, students participated in a coordinated walkout at schools all over Alberta. What were they protesting? Keith. Oh, sorry. No, it was Dave. That was definitely uh, Dave. They were protesting the act the UCP was going to bring in to roll back protections for uh, LGBTQ students uh, under the NDP government's Bill 24. Very good. That was a very that, robust that was a answer. Lot, yeah, that was a that was lot of a lot detail. Of uh, you yes. could have just said rollbacks to GSAs. That probably would have clarified. Just covered the whole thing. That's fine. Now though. I don't even have wow. to read this little preamp, the post-amble <laughs> I've written here. <laughs> <laughs> the government did exactly what Dave described in Bill 8, which the NDP uh, opposition branded as Bill Hate, which replaced the School Act with the Education Act, which did a bunch of things among them was... And it shows how ineffective that. Bill Hate was because I didn't even remember. You didn't remember what Bill it was Hate? Called. Oh, no. I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I probably had to listen. I mean, there was like a. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, Eleven. Do you guys need a break? 
Stretch? No, no, breathe? Yeah, no you're yeah, just like, uh, let's get this done. <laughs> 11. When it was sworn in, what was the UCP government's first order of business on April 30th? Keith. Uh, they proclaimed Bill 12, the uh, turn off the taps legislation. Very nice. I did not know the answer to that yesterday. I would have got that one wrong. Would you, would you have said the carbon tax revealed? I would have, yeah. yeah same uh, but here. see, that's, that, was, that was a trick question. But you all are very smart because I was Well, like, Keith is. Keith is very smart. <laughs> <laughs> and festive. And festive. <laughs> festive and smart, ladies. Um, and I quote, The newly sworn in government's first order of business, as promised, was proclaiming the Preserving Canada's Economic Prosperity Act, also called the Turn Off the Taps Act informally, which restricts uh, or which allows Alberta to restrict its exports of crude and so forth, which then led to a bunch of court fun, right? <laughs> fun in court. Which still going on. Still more court fun ongoing. Number 12. In May, Premier Jason Kenney appointed a blue ribbon panel. This is not going where you think it's going. So keep your noisemakers calm. <laughs> led by former Saskatchewan Finance Minister Janice McKinnon to study Alberta's spending. One of the criticisms of the panel is that it only looked at one side of the provincial balance sheet. So Kenny promised to appoint another panel in 2021-22 to study what? Dave. Government revenue? Uh, All right, I don't know. <laughs> um, technically, it was the optimal tax structure for Alberta. Do we think he gets a point for that? I give him half a point. I think, that, I think that's a full point. What the heck's an optimal tax structure? Well, tax structure is not a revenue question. Tax structure is only part of revenue, though. That's why I'm, I'm splitting hairs here. But. You are splitting. Yeah, hairs. I give him the point. <laughs> okay. I say give him the point. But he's he's creaming you. You should be fighting for. You don't give a crap. Okay. All right. <laughs> I won last year. I'm gonna hold that oh, glory for a while. Well. <laughs> you didn't wear yes, your. You didn't wear your champion's belt today. No, no. Well, after a week of wearing it straight, people started to get annoyed <laughs> with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What? That's a visual. It's not a belt. It's a kumbu bundle. It is. Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the UCP's first bill was to repeal the provincial consumer carbon tax. What was bill two? Keith. Yeah, it was the uh, Open for Business Act uh, to roll uh, to change minimum wage and labor laws. That's right. Uh, I actually forgot to write down the official name of the act, but it did. Re it Wasn't reduced it the Open for Business Act. I think it was. <laughs> I, actually, believe, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, an act to make Alberta open for business. Ah, there you go. So labor labor reforms, including rolling back youth and student minimum wage. Uh, requiring a secret ballot for union certification votes and uh, changes to how they you can bank overtime and claim holiday pay. Number 14. After the premier promised to restore order and decorum to the legislature, members voted in favor of several standing order changes, including a ban on what? Tyler. Desk thumping. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Woo! That <laughs> All right. I'm coming nobody, back. Three points. <laughs> nobody, thumbed, nobody thumped the desks with me. That was sad. And as that was happening, the NDP like thumped the crap out of their desks. They were just like, we're going to get every piece of mileage out of this desk thumping we can before it's not allowed anymore. And now they applaud, which is almost as irritating. <laughs> and, so and yell irritating. and heckle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. discussing this with my, my spouse this morning because I was like, oh, yeah, they banned, since they banned desk thumping. And he's like, I'm in favor of that. And I'm like, yeah, but now they just like yell and I, I'm not oh, sure. Oh no, they always yelled. The yelling yeah. is the yelling is not a new okay, thing. No, right. it's, the, well, it's the applauding that's the new thing. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. they didn't applaud before? No, they thumped their desk. They thumped, no. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, it's noisy in there either way. I, I'm an old lady and I can't hear properly and it <laughs> irritates me. Uh, number 15, the NDP filibustered two government bills this summer. What were they? 
I don't recall that piece of legislation. I'm going to just take a wild guess here. Okay. I'm going to go with Bill 9, and which was the uh, uh, changing the rules for when arbitration hearings were held uh, with the unions, and then Bill 2, the Open for Business Act, and the changes to minimum wage. That's my guess. But You are wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? Do we have a second guesser? He's actually half right. One of those is right. Tyler? Was the second one Bill Hate? It was. But what was the first one? Oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> I thought I could get away with that. Um, nope, nope, nope. The arbitration one. Like labor? No, wait. Wait. The Open for Business Act. Yeah, I just told you the answer. So I, I don't know what to do now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give half, myself half a, a point. Half, half a point, point each. Yeah, I'm going okay, to half, half to Tyler. How am I? Ah. These half points can come in handy, let me tell you. Oh, I'm sure they can. Okay. All right. That was a little bit weird. So Bill 2 was an act to make Alberta open for business, the labor reforms, and Bill 8, Bill 8, was uh, which the, uh, the Education Amendment Act, as previously discussed. Bonus question. Da, da, da. Bill 8 filibuster broke a record for the longest sitting day of the legislature. How many hours? Oh, sorry. This is multiple choice. I should warn you. How many hours did the House sit for that day? I'm putting air quotes around day because it was longer than an actual day. A, 36 hours. B, 41 hours. C, 46 hours. Dave. B, 41. Eh. Keith. 46. Actually, you guys clicked at exactly the same time, but I my ears. Well, then I'm going to have to say 36. <laughs> okay, so you said 46? Yeah. Keith is right. Sorry. Oh, should have joined me on that one. He could have got half a point. Oh, there that's true. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't think of that. And you would have felt, felt festive. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. And better about myself. This is my, oh, my self-image is taking so a battering. <laughs> oh my God. No, I just feel guilty. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just like, no, Tyler reads everything. This is fine. Number 16. In late June, a prominent Alberta political figure said the following quote, who is it? And what was happening that day? Maybe I should award two points for this one if you get both parts of the question right. What do you think? I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who is it? And what was happening that day? Here's the quote. I think we were caught between two extremes and we couldn't find a place. We were having a hell of a time getting publicity because there was this Kenny versus Notley narrative. And at the end of the day, we couldn't compete with that. Keith. Uh, that was Alberta party leader, Stephen Mandel. And he, what was happening that day? What yeah. was, oh boy, what was happening that day? Um, he would, they lost the election. I don't know. <laughs> In June? You get one point. <laughs> yeah. I, I did say late June. That late was a clue. Yeah. Dave? He was resigning as He leader. was resigning. Uh, that's, that's right. Okay. Was, so yeah. Dave and Keith both eked a point out of that one. Uh, number 17. When the Council of the Federation met in Saskatoon in July, something was missing around the table. What was it? Tyler. A woman. You are my new favorite person. That was I was there. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, Tyler. Not good that there wasn't a woman, but. Well, don't smart worry, answer. because in October that changed when Caroline Cochran became the premier of the Northwest Territories. So that, uh, um, I almost said an inappropriate uh, phrase when um, that the. <laughs> <laughs> there's a woman there now. Anyway, moving on. Uh, number 18. Name three ways in which the UCP government says it's tackling rural crime. That was a very tentative honk by Dave. <laughs> They're allowing uh, peace officers and other other non-police type uh, sworn officers to uh, respond to calls. Yep. They are hiring more articling students or 
prosecutors in, prosecutors in in those areas and they're um going to have 500 more RCMP officers that municipalities are going to carry the load for. You get two out of three because your last point was not quite accurate. And we're very dedicated to accuracy at the Edmonton Journal. Uh, It's actually 300 RCMP officers and 200 like civilian kind of, I don't know if it's auxiliary, but civilian workers. Uh, Ah. Does anyone else want to go for the third point? Keith? Uh, they are changing the legislation that would make it much harder for a landowner who hurts or shoots somebody on their property to have that uh, criminal sue them in court. Don't sue me. I shot you on my property. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good job. Moving on to number 19. Tyler, this you're point, still catching win. up to do. Yeah. No, but you can try and cream them on the last few questions. That's true. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Are we going to have a tiebreaker? No, I don't. So far, did you plan a tiebreaker? I I have a tiebreaking question. I think, uh, I think Dave's pretty clearly in the lead here. I yeah. think yeah, he is, but not by much. I think Keith could catch up. We got we got Dave with ten points, uh, Keith with nine and a half, eight and a half points, eight and a half points. And this is Tyler this is with Keith. four and a half. What's that? <laughs> this is key. Am I behind by a half a point or one and a half points? <laughs> you are behind. <laughs> no, eight. You have eight and a half. Yeah, so damn. You're behind by one All and right. a half. But there's still two questions. At public events, the UCP government stopped doing this every time, which upset some Indigenous people. I think Dave is just faster at the draw. He is. Yeah, yeah. The, bike, the bike horn is is good for him. I, uh, <laughs> but I don't... Did I hear a click first or did I hear the horn No, first? the horn was first. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. That, that would be the Treaty 6 land acknowledgement or Treaty 7, depending on where they were. Yeah, the land acknowledgements. That's right. Yep. Good job. I would have known that one too. You did know that one. You clicked. I did. You clicked. It was legit. Well, I, just... I've clicked before and been horribly wrong. So <laughs> well, that, that one I was I actually going to get right. <laughs> really? Is it your knowledge in question here? Is it your reaction time? Like maybe you need to go like. It's a bit of both. I, think. I don't know. Like play that game with the whack-a-mole or something. Whack-a-mole. To practice. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, number 20. On November 22nd, Bill 22 fired Alberta's election commissioner, Lorne Gibson, a move that continues to prompt outrage from the opposition who are accusing them of corruption by firing the person who was investigating them and uh, who charged people uh, who were involved with the 2017 UCP leadership race. What were the two justifications the government gave for eliminating Gibson's office? Keith. Uh, That it would save money Mm -hmm. and that uh, we needed to be like other provinces because Alberta didn't have a separate independent election commissioner. Good job. Um, Okay. So... I, have a situ- I think Dave wins. <laughs> I have a situation though because because Dave has eleven points and, and Keith has ten and a half points. Oh, <laughs> lost by half a point? Are I you know, kidding me, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's have a round of applause for Dave who kicked everybody's asses. Yeah. Good job, Dave. Where's you know, my cummerbund? <laughs> I don't know. Should I knit you one? <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't want to knit a cummerbund. That sounds cumbersome. Oh, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Wah. I know. Horrible. I know. My tiebreaker question for the way, for by the way, in case anyone cares, was uh, which made in Alberta energy company announced last month it was moving its headquarters from Calgary. Oh, Tyler, yeah. In Canada. That's right. I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a point <laughs> anyway. Right. Give him the point. <laughs> you should at least you should at least get six. I think you all did very well. Um, Because like I said, I did not know the answer to some of these questions before. And now we're going to move on. Now for something completely different. (laughs) We're just going (laughs) to recommend some stuff for you to read. Uh, 
in our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery. Keith, what have you got for us? Uh, I am going to recommend a Paul Wells column in McLean's uh, just on the uh, stuff going on with Andrew Scheer, who, uh, as you may have heard, uh, stepped down as leader of the Conservative Party yesterday. Uh, I thought it was just kind of a good, insightful column about uh, – where things went wrong for Sheer, uh, and why he didn't connect with Canadians and, and what might be next for the Conservative Party. Uh, so it's called Conservatives After Sheer, The Revolution Eats Its Own, Paul Wells and McLean's. Ooh. Who's your pick for the new conservative leader? You get if you're, you're Are you like saying the, the uh, who do political... I want? To yeah, be... who do you want the new to be the new conservative leader? Oh goodness, I don't know. Nobody's revealed any policy yet. So, uh, but maybe somebody not from Alberta, and maybe a woman this time. That's just what I'm going to go with off That's the top of my head. Crazy talk. Yeah, I don't know. Especially because mm-hmm. two of the women that everyone keeps talking about as being potential leaders are both from uh, Alberta. both from Alberta. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I'm going to recommend, I don't think anyone has recommended this before. Um, it was in my reading list in my phone and I can't remember if it was because I put it there or because I put it there on the recommendation of someone else. It's from the New York Times. <laughs> it's called The Class of 2000 Could Have Been Anything. Uh, and it's, um, the high school yearbook is a staple of teenage life, but for some it reflects the devastating toll of the opioid crisis. And it has kind of like snapshots of people uh, who are of a certain age now. Um, who kind of their life was derailed by opioids. That sounds really it's depressing. A, it's an uplifting holiday read. That sounds Feel like good an uplifting. Hit of the season. <laughs> but it is a very good read. And, it, you know, it's a, I know that it's a, an American-based article, and but it's reflective of, I'm sure, what a lot of people in Canada we li- have We also like seen. Americans. Yeah, yeah. America does some great journalism. Yes. There are some fantastic journalists there, including I also have a nice uplifting recommendation from America. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts is called Hidden Brain on NPR. Ooh. And um, this episode absolutely destroyed me. Like I had to stop what I was doing and just like cry. Um, it's about uh, about end of life care decisions and what intellectually you think you would do and what you would actually do if you're in that circumstance. And it just follows the story for an hour of this nice couple from, well, they moved all around the US. But uh, it's a very, it's a very sort of starts out as this very sweet story, but you know it's going to go badly and it does. And it just is really, it was, it was great food for thought and also just really heartbreaking. And Tyler. All right. Um, I just thought of something that I should recommend because I did not have a good one coming into this. I'm, I'm going to recommend a feature by Pamela Koloff. I'm not sure I'm saying her last name right, but she is a senior reporter at ProPublica in the United States. ProPublica? I don't know how you say that either. ProPublica. ProPublica. There you yeah. go. Um, anyways, the and the article is about a con artist who has variously claimed to be a fighter pilot shot down, shot down over Laos, a college football star, an airline executive, a homeland security agent, and he's also a prolific jailhouse snitch whose testimony has sent four people to Florida's death row. Um, So it's about the sort of the reliability of uh, prison snitches and the death penalty. Um, And then I would also just toss out there that you should read about the English, British, UK election today because it's been a complete disaster for four years. Oh, yeah. And no one knows what's (laughs) happening. And finally, it actually sort of seems like maybe it's easy to understand what's happening. Easier. Yeah. Well, it, easier than it has been, I would say. Can we just in, take a few, few minutes so you can explain that to me then? Uh, well, the Coles Notes version is that... <laughs> You're actually going to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I've been up since six working on story, a story about it. So um, the, the Coles Notes version is Boris Johnson's Conservative Party won a 
in his words, a stonking majority, uh, which is the the largest majority since Margaret Thatcher's third term victory in 1987, which means that the British people basically gave them a mandate for Brexit yet again, after it seemed like the support for Brexit referendum back in 2016 was falling apart. Now, the interesting fact about this is that in Scotland and Northern Ireland, uh, the votes went to nationalist parties that are not supporters of Brexit, which sets the stage for a showdown between Scotland and the United Kingdom on another Scottish independence referendum, which, as you'll recall, from 2014 failed. But Scotland was in, in the Brexit vote in 2016, almost two thirds of Scots voted to remain. So Brexit was never popular in Scotland. And in Northern Ireland as well, where there is a land border with the Republic of Ireland, which is an EU country, there are concerns about Brexit um, that it will cause border problems for them. So there could be possibly a showdown in Ireland as well over reunification in some way. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour Party leader, has quit. The leader of the Liberal Democrats, who lost her seat in Scotland, I think, has quit. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a like a leadership mess right now. But the the the, the short version of it is, I think, that the, the mandate for Brexit is probably now clearer than it has been since the night of the referendum, would be my short summary of it. And now we've got Scotsic, or how, what did Dave, what did you, what did you, Scotsation, or Scotsation, or Scoxit, and then someone, Scoxit. and then someone else replied and said the obvious answer is Scot-free. Scott, oh, there you go. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, and no lisp, right? Anyway, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that is all the time we have for today, and we, I guess, we just learned that uh, Tyler's what if he lacks anything in Alberta politics knowledge, he is in fact making up for it in his Brexit comprehension. <laughs> Fat load of good that does. <laughs> yes, on the there podcast, you go, but... <laughs> guys. He really knows what he's talking about. We promise. Thank you so much for joining us. Wishing you a very happy holiday season and a healthy 2020. <laughs>